Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Brother Justin Cooper. I'm coming to you today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor I have to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Now, listen, I didn't stutter and I didn't stammer. I don't apologize for what I just said. I believe right here we have it, the very Word of God for the English-speaking people in our King James Bible. And I thank God for a perfect book, a preserved book, and a book with power that can change our life. And not just for the day. I'm talking about for all eternity. I'm so honored that you've taken the time out of your busy life to tune into this broadcast. And I'm praying that God will speak to you in a very personal and a very powerful way. I get messages. In fact, I've gotten some today already from people across this country. And then in other countries, I've gotten messages today from other countries that tune in via the podcast to Striving for Revival. And then we have folks who listen on AM and FM and then radio streaming uh, on the internet. And I want to say thank you to every one of you who listen and share that, if you don't mind, with your friends and families and introduce them to Striving for Revival. And we'll just grow this thing and we'll just study our Bibles together. And I know there's a lot of things we have that take our time and steal our, our day from us. Our schedules are full, but we must make make it a priority to block off time and study the scripture. And so thank God for you doing that. And I'm praying God will use this time to help you and I as we grow closer to him. We are now in Genesis 25, and we will finish out this chapter here today. And remember last study that we got into the birth of these babies that Isaac and Rebekah God meets the need. She's barren, but God intervenes, blesses, and she gives birth to two boys. We're going to read about that here in verse number 24 and following. God said these two babies will be like two nations, and they struggled in the womb of their mother, and it's a very prophetic thing, and we'll see all this coming to fruition now as we read today. A familiar story, one that you probably know well, but there's powerful application that we can make for our lives. Now, if you've missed the prior studies, those are on the podcast. You can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or our Facebook page, and you can find the previous studies there. And Striving for Revival is the name of the podcast, too. And that way you can get up to date with us and never have to miss a study. Verse number 24, And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. So here we have the birth of these two boys. The first boy is named Esau, and the Bible said that he's red and hairy, and he comes out first, Esau. And then, verse 26, the second baby comes out, grabbing a hold of Esau's heel. He's catching to his heel, and his name is Jacob. And the Bible makes the statement, and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So Isaac and Rebekah have been married. God blesses that union. She conceives, gives birth to these boys. Esau, Isaac favors him. Jacob, Rebekah favors him. These two boys are different. Esau is more of a 
man's man, if you will. He's a man of the field. He likes to get out and work with his hands. He's not afraid of a day of hard labor. He'll get out there into the woods and he'll hunt. And he's an outdoorsman. He's he's cunning and uh, 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 in in that area of life, he's a he's a he's a hunting kind of an individual. And then Jacob. A little different. Jacob is a little bit of a maybe a mama's boy. He's he's at the house while Esau's out in the field. And so these boys are as different as night and day. Now let's look here in verse number twenty nine. And Jacob sawed pottage. So Jacob is in the kitchen and he's cooking. We'll just use it, uh, just be kind of, uh, I guess, surface on this thing. He's making some soup there. And as he's in that kitchen making this soup, Esau comes in from hunting. Now, if you're a hunter, you know that most of the time when you go hunting, you don't shoot anything. But boy, you work up an appetite. There's just something about sitting up in a tree with the cold wind blowing you back and forth, sitting out there missing lunch, skipping dinner, and then coming back to the house at dark. You know you work up an appetite just sitting out there and shivering all day long. So Esau's been out hunting. He's been walking through the mountains and down through the plains, and he's been uh, exerting himself, and he's hungry. And that's why it is. When you go hunting, you'll eat some of the nastiest food. You ever notice that? Fellas go out hunting, and it's like they got a banquet. They got Vienna sausages and Slim Jims and five-month-old Doritos that haven't uh, that, that have um, some kind of moss growing on them, and they just think that's the greatest thing in the world. Why? Because they're so hungry. So Esau comes in, and he's hungry, and he smells that soup that Jacob's been preparing. And he says this, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, watch this, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? Now, Esau, being the firstborn, had rights to the inheritance of Isaac. He got the birthright. He comes in from hunting, and he's hungry. His flesh is discomforted. He has a need, and he wants to satisfy it. He has a longing, and he wants to fulfill it. He has this uh, this uh, want in his life, and he's obsessing over this want. He thinks, I need that soup. He said, man, if I don't get a hold of that, I'm going to die. Now, that's not true. He'd have been all right. He could probably miss the meal, but he allows his flesh to take over. And Jacob, being the supplanter, the trickster, and the cunning man that he was thought, this is my opportunity to get something from Esau that I want. By the way, the devil does that to you and I. He'll look for, for us at a weak moment. He'll find us in the midst of a time of trial. He'll get to us in a place where we've got let our guard down. We feel comfortable. He'll come to us when everything's going well. Maybe whenever there's something that's set before us that we think we need and we think we want and we think that would make our life better. He'll come to us at that point when we allow our flesh to rise up and our guard to go down. And Jacob looks at this opportunity and he thinks, now is the time to get what I want from him. And he said, I'll give you a bowl of soup if you give me your birthright. Now, I want to jump on the page of scripture, slap Esau upside the head and say, that's a bad deal right there. I'd say no deal. I mean, you're going to get the losing end of the bargain, the short end of the stick. He's going to get your birthright, your inheritance, and all you get is one bowl of soup. But here's what he does. He makes that flippant fleshly decision. He said, here it is. Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob, all for a little bit of bread, all for a little bit of beans, all for a bowl of soup. He sold his birthright. 
Well, you say that's a ridiculous thing to do. That man made a bad decision. Yes, he did. But I'll say this. Christians do it all the time if we're not careful. Don't you sell out that which is eternal for that which is temporal. So many Christians will sell out for popularity. They'll sell out for praise. They'll sell out for another zero on their paycheck. They'll sell out uh, for, for entertainment. They'll sell out for fun. They'll sell out to keep the peace in their home, whatever it is. And they'll sell out eternal things for something that is temporal. Let me challenge you. Hey, listen, young person, don't you sell your purity. Don't trade that for a moment of gratification. Don't you trade out your testimony for a moment of fun. Don't you sell out uh, your integrity for a moment of lapse in judgment because you think, hey, listen, what's it matter anyway? Well, man, there's a whole lot. You got to say this. It's not for sale and you can't have it. No deal. I'm not going to trade it. This is more valuable than that. And I'm just going to stick with what God has blessed me with. I'm not going to sell you this day that birthright. Verse 34, then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. When you and I play fast and loose with our testimony, it's almost like we're trodden underfoot the grace of God, like we're despising the gospel, like we're not valuing that which is priceless that God has blessed us with. And I want to challenge the listeners today as we close. There are some things God's given you that ought not be for sale, and they ought to be held in esteem. And God help us to be careful not to cave and crave the flesh and to sell our birthright. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. I pray God spoke to your heart. Until next time, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.